This week on the Dylan and Dylan Show, the out-of-the-box drafts are back this week with a sports video games draft. Our questions and answers include some MLB award race updates as well as the Big 12 expansion. We touch on the Aaron Rodgers Packers struggles last week, as well as this week in sports, getting into the USC firing of Clay Helton, as well as our college football picks for this weekend's games. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dylan and Dylan Show presented by Tunnel Vision Sports. Football season is officially in full swing, which means you cannot find a happier duo out there right now. Dylan Jesperson here with me, as always, as a fan of the team, currently in second place in the NL wildcard, currently holding a postseason spot, the the St. Louis Cardinals. Dylan Holt. Dylan, how are you doing today? Um, I'm doing great today. If you would have asked me earlier in the week, I would have been iffy. This weekend, I was like, man, you know, I kind of wish it was just baseball season. Football, I I don't understand the hype. This thing kind of sucks. Uh, rocky weekend, but I didn't really get to watch my teams. I was in Cincinnati to watch um, Preston Rice, the our great friend of the Dylan and Dylan Show, Preston Rice, and the Murray State Racers take on the number seven Cincinnati Bearcats. Absolutely fantastic game. I have to give a shout out to the Cincinnati crowd. They were fantastic. Nippert Stadium, everything. They – as a person coming in supporting a, a, a road team, uh, the not the Bearcats, they were very, very accommodating, very welcoming. They, they showed us where to go. It was very, very nice. Uh, really appreciate that. I didn't like that no one remembered Munchie Lego, who is by far my favorite Cincinnati player, like that I can remember coming out of a Bearcat uniform. He was awesome. So if you're a Cincinnati fan, go to YouTube and watch Munchie Lego highlights. He's incredible. And then, uh, so I didn't get to watch the Vols play on Saturday. And then Sunday, went to the Bengals-Vikings game. Got super cheap tickets. I got to watch a kickoff game, uh, which was really, really cool. Got to see a lot of really cool players. Uh, Dalvin Cook, Joe Burrow's return, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Jamar Chase, his NFL debut, which he killed it in. Uh, Really, really fun weekend. Glad I was watching that and not the Titans. And I don't want to talk about the Titans a whole lot because I watched – somewhat of the game i couldn't watch all of it because it was just very frustrating uh but uh we got past that got into this week and the st louis cardinals have looked amazing so i'm just worried about baseball right now and i'll worry about football when i've got to ride it and when it's on when it's not my teams i think uh but how are you doing i'm doing good uh my weekend was a little bit better in terms of the football stuff uh, i got a big win over washington this weekend uh that was a fun, fun game to be at. Uh, night games at Michigan Stadium are, are one of a kind type things. Uh, not many chances to do it. There's only been four now all time. But if you ever get the chance to be in Ann Arbor for a night game, it's a it is a one of a kind of experience. Uh, the biggest stadium in the country is never louder than when it's at night. So 
uh, awesome, awesome experience there. Uh, the Lions gave me a, a, a cool little same old Lions, you know, almost came back from the 49ers just to, to throw it away at the end. But it, it was an interesting week one, to say the least, uh, things to look forward to for the Lions season. Uh, I tried to find some less painful memories this week for this week in Michigan sports. Uh, I've had some painful memories for my Michigan and Michigan State fans the past two weeks. Uh, a lot of Michigan wins over Notre Dame this week because this is about week three in college football. Uh, maybe the best one is 2006. We beat in the second-ranked Notre Dame team. But I'll throw it back to specifically this day on se- September 16th, uh, 2011, Detroit, the Detroit Tigers won the first of four AL Central titles they would win during the 2010s. Uh, and Hopefully they'll be back to that level of play soon. They're not quite there yet, but uh, one of my favorite baseball memories coming back uh, to 2011, that roster was, that was a loaded roster. When you talk about Verlander, Scherzer and Procello in the starting lineup and then Miguel Cabrera, I think Prince Fielder was on that team by that time too. So uh, that might've been too early for Prince Fielder. That might've been too early for Prince Fielder, but uh, very solid roster regardless of what, of what you're looking at there. Uh, 2011 baseball. By far the best year, and I don't think there's any argument for that. Absolutely love that year. And I remember you mentioned Prince Fielder. Huge fan of Prince Fielder in a Tigers uniform. He's a great guy. When he was in Detroit, loved him. 2011, he was most definitely Milwaukee because the Cardinals and Brewers played in the NLCS, and the Cardinals absolutely dropped the boomstick on the Brewers on route to the World Series and then played one of the best World Series ever against the Rangers. And David Freeze hit the walk-off in game six, and the rest is history. But, yeah, 2011 baseball, love it. Glad you brought up the Tigers' <laughs> great year, and someone else had a great year that year, too. Tiger is one of those Tigers teams. Uh, for about five years, that roster, you'll look back on that roster for years to come and be like, how did that team never win a World Series? So they had three of the maybe the best pitchers of the 2010s all on their team at young uh, on young – young contracts uh the rookie contracts so the tough to, to know that we wasted away but they gave me some good years of baseball regardless uh quick reminder to follow the tunnel vision sports network on spotify and apple Podcasts, as well as the dylan and dylan show on youtube that way you guys never will miss an episode after a one week break from our out of the box drafts we are back with another fun topic i got this idea off one of those budget tweets where they give you an amount of money with a bunch of different categories, $5 things, $4 things, down to $1. Uh, and this one was a sports video game version, and I thought that was a perfect idea for an out-of-the-box draft. So this week we're using that idea, doing the video sports video games draft. I think both of us are really excited about it. Uh, the one stipulation is that we are going to pick specific games from each from each franchise so if you want a madden game you gotta specify what year madden uh and it goes on for any other franchise you would go on to that so dylan's got his faithful penny we will decide the order i'm going with tails you don't even need to ask me tails never fails or will it oh we got abe lincoln right there all right what what are we going with this week I'm going to take the first pick just because I know what I want with the first pick, and I'm sure it's on your list. I'm almost positive it is. That I'm hurts. just going to get it out of the way. Yeah. That I, hurts. I, I, I wanted the first pick this week. I know it. I, I think I know what it's going to be, but you can go ahead and go, go for the first pick. My first pick is one of my favorite games, period, ever, and I absolutely love video games. Growing up playing them, still play them. Um, and on this cover, Don's a Michigan man. Um, 
Bernard Robinson, NCAA 14, football 14, uh, to be more, more specific. Absolutely love that game. Uh, came out in 2013, so it's been almost a decade now, which is crazy. Uh, but one of the best just football games ever. Not, just not even limiting it just to college football. If you, you can put it against any Madden, and it's right there with it. And it, I don't think it's just because it's the last one. That game was just awesome. Um, and it's added to it that it was the last college football game to come out until we're hopefully getting one in the next few years. Um, countless, countless hours playing Dynasty and Road to Glory and just playing against my friends. Uh, that was uh, 14. They added Ultimate Team. So where you could get uh, – you could play the Ultimate Team. Uh, most people know what that is. You get the trading cards and just build a crazy team of former players. You couldn't have current players in NCAA at the time. But absolutely incredible game. Really, really excited to get NCAA 14 with my first pick. I'll throw it to you for your first two picks. Yep, that that one hurts. That is the that is the one I wanted for sure. Uh, I'll just add in. Uh, you said it, it's it's one of the best football games, and I, I I'll say you can still if you can get your hands on a copy. I still have my copy, obviously, but it's very hard to get a hold of now. But if you can get your hands on a copy, I still think it stacks up in terms of gameplay with any football game that's ever been put out. I think it still feels the most like a football game while you're playing it. Uh, better than Madden, any Madden that's ever been put out, especially even the, the later ones. So, uh, a thousand percent. Definitely. I, uh, I remember my junior year of college, we broke a copy of it, me and a couple of my friends. And I, I think we put together money, paid for it, a hundred dollar copy of NCAA 14 on eBay. And we we're like, yeah, money well spent is eight year old <laughs> game, whoever it was. And we we're like, yeah, a hundred bucks. That, that sounds cheap. So, I, I think that just speaks to the volume of how great that game is. Very yeah. I, I still have my copy. My Xbox 360 gave out on me just this past summer. And, and now I'm looking at maybe spending a hundred dollars just to get an Xbox 360, just so I can play NCAA 14. And that's how much I, I care about that game still. So tough to not have it on my list, but I knew it was going to go at first. So uh, I'll move on. I will get with my first pick, my I got two picks, so I will go first. I'll go with baseball, and this is my favorite baseball game of all time. Uh, back on the original Xbox and, and PlayStation 2, I want to say, uh, MVP Baseball 2005 by EA Sports. Uh, and this uh, is one of those games where I, I didn't know what I had until it was gone because uh, EA stopped making pro baseball games after this game. Uh, and I had to play 2K baseball for the longest time, and it, it was nothing like MVP baseball. Um, things like the create a stadium feature in this year's The Show, that's a big thing. That was in MVP baseball 2005. Uh, you could play as any minor league team all the way down to single A. You still can't do that in MLB The Show. Um, it was one of the most in-depth baseball games you could play. Uh, had Legends rosters all the way back back to the beginning so it, it, it had everything that you wanted and uh once once I moved on to 2k baseball it was it, it, it hurt my soul a little bit so uh the show coming to xbox this year has helped curb that loss a little bit so maybe it's a little bit high, less high in my rankings but uh mvp baseball still sticks out to me as the best baseball game of all time uh with my next pick I'll go with if I can't get ncaa football uh, I'll go with my next favorite NF or uh, football game in general. Uh, and it's not Madden and it's not any of the other NCAA games. Uh, I might get another one with one of my other picks. I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm trying to make a decision, but 
I'm going all the way back to the Nintendo 64 because NFL Blitz is maybe the best football game ever made uh, in terms of gameplay and, and the fun you can have while playing the game because I think it's the best game you can play against your friend and, and you're going to have the most fun playing that game because even if you're terrible even if you've never played NFL Blitz before uh, you get that one play you get a tackle and then 10 seconds later you're jumping on the pile with all of your guys and you're just having a blast and that's what NFL Blitz was and the N64 version was the most pure version of it uh, it kind of got weird after the, that series kind of got weird after that one but uh I remember countless hours playing my brother, all of my friends on uh, NFL Blitz Nintendo 64. So, uh, and this might be, this is, if you're our age, you're, this is probably one of the first sports games you played because it was, it was really accessible for a young audience like us. So uh, very nostalgic pick. Uh, I'm happy to have NFL Blitz and MVP baseball. I'll throw it back to you for your next two picks. I like both of those picks. And I think I'm going to go baseball, but not with this first pick. I'm going to stick with the NCAA theme, and I'm going to snag NCAA basketball 2010. Kind of goes hand-in-hand with the football pick. It was the last uh, NCAA basketball installment. And I honestly – I still play it every once in a while because I've still got my discipline, goodness. Uh, Just like NCAA football, it has gone up in price so much. The gameplay isn't that good. It's just, I think it's the nostalgia and actually being able to play college basketball. Blake Griffin's on the cover, which is really cool. I've always thought that was really cool. Um, I just liked how, and in, unlike football, where you've got just the FBS teams, someone that grew up in West Kentucky, just a few miles away from Murray in uh, the Murray State Racers, having Murray State in the game and be able to play Murray State versus Kentucky or Murray State versus Louisville and using point guard number three who that's Isaiah Cannon we all know that's Isaiah Cannon use him to score 50 points and beat point guard number 11 John Wall from Kentucky was a blast and a half uh as someone who's been a fan of him in major school my whole life um I just remember using them in the dynasty modes and everything just be able to play as Murray State just made that took that game to a whole nother level for me uh have deep deep love for that game uh played it I've played countless, countless hours uh, and very, very happy to add instantly basketball 10 to instantly football 10 or 14. I'm sorry, not 10. Um, with my third pick, I'm, I'm going back and forth. I don't know what I want to do. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick MLB the show 2021. This year's game. Which might be a little controversial. I don't know. But this is the first show I've bought on release date in like probably since I was in middle school. So I was very, very excited for it before it came out. And this is like one of the first sports games I've played from release date to like not stop playing it. I played it through the Madden release date, didn't buy Madden. 2K came out last week. I was like, I don't need 2K. I, I bought MLB The Show 21. I've got the show. And I just – I don't know how it's still running, honestly. I'm surprised the disc hasn't just give, gave out. I play it so much. I love the franchise, how in-depth it is, you know, to build a franchise, uh, win championships. Love playing with the Seattle Mariners with that young core uh, and build up great things with Julio Rodriguez and Jerry Kalinick, Emerson Hancock and those boys. And then take a team like the Rockies, who the Cardinals fleeced and got their best player, Nolan Arenado, last year and try to build up a team in Colorado, things like that. Diamond Dynasty is so much fun. 
I've had so many countless hours of fun playing Diamond Dynasty, just building a team, getting great players, playing online, trying to beat people, more than likely not beating people. Uh, just a ton of fun. I absolutely love that game. It's the most fun I've had with a sports game in years. Just like sit, being able to sit there and play by myself without anyone in the room with me and just playing playing good old virtual baseball. That's what I like to always tell my friends. Oh, what do you do? You know, good old virtual baseball. You know, be the show 21. Absolutely love it. Excited to add it to NCAA basketball 10, NCAA football 10. Uh, I'll throw it to you for your last two picks. Yeah, uh, with both of those, I mean, I've had a lot of fun with MLB The Show 21. Uh, hopefully soon we're going to get some games in and uh, you you guys will be able to watch us on Twitch. So uh, can't can't complain with that pick. With the NCAA basketball, I, I, I like the pick. I think the difference between the NCAA basketball and the NCAA football is as the football game went away, we got more Madden. And I think Madden's kind of gone downhill since then where – uh, 2k took over the basketball scene and 2k's 2k's gameplay uh, you know 2k i i didn't buy it this year i i was in love with 2k for a really long time uh it's kind of gone a lot more pay to win and and, and stuff like that but it, you get a good 2k basketball game the gameplay is much better than what ea used to do so i think that's where the little bit of the you lose a little bit of the nostalgia but it was the last college basketball game it was a lot of fun to play so i i i, I can Agree with that pick there for sure. Uh, so I got two more picks. Uh, I'm looking at my alternates right now, but I still have one that uh, didn't get taken yet. And this is a little bit out of the box because it's not uh, not one of the major sports you might be thinking of. But I, I, I had to get a Tony Hawk Pro Skater game on there because I've spent maybe more hours on that. It, it, it goes NCAA football and then the Tony Hawk pro skater franchise as a whole. And, and so I had to, and I had to pick one. So I, t- I took Tony Hawk pro skater three, uh, I think original Xbox uh, PS2 um, just so much fun playing with your friends, uh, playing Tony Hawk uh, and it made me surprised that I never got into skateboarding after that. And I think that's what made Tony Hawk pro skater so good was it's a, it it made the gameplay so fun for something that you might not even be familiar with but you were you were like oh i got to get this trick i got to learn how to do these tricks because it was so fun and rewarding to do those things uh they you could you could do skate you could do skating on like a, a cruise ship on that one that's what i remember the most from Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 is going on that cruise ship and 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 racing my friends through it so uh i had to get a Tony Hawk Pro Skater game in there i'm happy to get uh the third one of the of the franchise and for my fourth pick, I got to replace NCAA 14 somehow. So I will go with NCAA football 06. Uh, it's also a very solid game in the NCAA franchise. Also has a Michigan man on the cover with Desmond Howard on the cover. Uh, but that was the year they introduced the campus legend mode, which is now Road to Glory. Uh, and it had a, a really in-depth dynasty mode. It did a lot of different things that uh, would transform that franchise into what it is it kind of was the first franchise uh first installment of the franchise that was more different than madden you know it we they used to be the madden and ncaa were kind of the same games that was where they kind of made ncaa its own game and, and, it, and it paid off big time so uh if i can't have ncaa 14 uh, i'll be happy with ncaa 06 on, on my list uh, and i'll throw it to you for your last pick I have no idea where to go with my last pick. I'll be frankly very honest. But before I get to my last pick, I'd say I love both those picks. Obviously, we're both huge fans of the NCAA football franchise. 
when you brought this up, I did not even think about Tony Hawk. I very much, very much wish I would have because I've got great memories with that franchise going to my father's house on Friday night, stopping at Blockbuster and picking up Tony Hawk and renting it and playing it until four in the morning, not spending time with my dad, just being locked in my room and playing Tony Hawk. Um, so that was an absolute fantastic pick. Um, now I'm at my last pick and I've picked uh, MLB game and two college games. Somehow I've managed not to pick a Madden or 2K. And I don't think I am. I'm going to go with um, FIFA 14. I'm not that big of a soccer guy. I, I want to be. I, I've, I've been honest about this on the show. I, I like soccer. I think it's very cool. It's just hard to – it's kind of like I'm an outsider. I try to get in. It's a, it's a whole lot. And I think it's the same way with any of the sports over – which soccer's over here. Surprise. We do have soccer in the United States. But a lot of the higher-level soccer's overseas. It's kind of hard to get into it. And I think um, – Maybe overseas crowd, overseas crowds have the same issue with maybe the NFL or the MLB or NBA. Is you kind of got you got to get to know the players and the teams and kind of the stories behind them. Like if you just say, "Oh, they're the New York Yankees," that doesn't mean much to anyone. I think that's the same way with a lot of people when they look at soccer. Like, well, that's Chelsea. It's like, well, who cares? But that's my rant about soccer. This is about FIFA. Um, I remember FIFA 14. I I didn't get it when it came out or anything. I. A lot of my friends played – I had a lot of friends in high school who played soccer, and they were like, you need to get FIFA. It's so much fun. They spent so much time playing. I was like, I'm good. I've got Madden. I've got 2K. I'll live. I've got Grand Theft Auto. It's all I'll need in the world. And I remember I it was like the week after I graduated from high school, and I had all that graduation money. And they're like, come on. You've got money. It's on sale for like 20 bucks." And I was like, you know what? I've got time on my hand. I, I don't have to go to football practice for the first summer and like forever. So I, I pulled the trigger, bought FIFA 14 with Messi on the cover. And I knew nothing about soccer. I think I knew Messi and Ronaldo. Didn't even know their names were Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. And that, that was basically my whole knowledge. Went in, played it, absolutely fell in love. Played countless online games with my friends. Played the ultimate team. That's how I basically learned soccer. I, I learned about where guys were from, where they played, the different leagues and everything. So much fun. Um, I was really, really bad. I still am bad at FIFA when I play. Um, but that's kind of the fun part of it is you think you've got a chance and it'll stay like kneel, kneel through a whole game. And then somebody will score a corner goal. And it's like, I'm, I'm the worst player ever. This, why do I play this? And it's like, hey, let's run it back. It's like, okay, let's run it back. And I've had the same experiences with like NHL. I think FIFA, I don't know. It, it was a different level. And FIFA 14 was just so much fun. And I tried to play FIFA 15. I don't know. It wasn't the same experience. I just, I had a ton of fun with FIFA 14. I cannot believe I picked that with my last pick. But it is, I had a ton of fun. And Madden and 2K, I want, I want you to take this as a lesson. Fix your games. You, <laughs> you, you messed up. I want you to fix Madden 2K. So I'll go FIFA. It'll be the show 21. NCAA basketball 10. NCAA football 14. Yeah, and I've got uh, MVP Baseball 2005, uh, NFL Blitz, and Nintendo 64 version, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3, and NCAA Football 06. Uh, I think everyone that's like outside of the soccer realm that ends up playing FIFA has kind of the same experience. You don't really feel like playing it. You're like, I don't know. I don't know the game that much. I, can't, I don't know any strategies. 
And then some of your soccer friends just get you into it one day and you're just hooked for one summer and you just can't stop playing it. Uh, yep. I think, I'm, I think mine was like FIFA 11, uh, same thing. I, I didn't want to play it. I ended up going over to one of my friend's houses, playing it against him. And then the very next day I was like, mom, you got to take me. I got to go buy a FIFA right now. Cause that was so much fun. Uh, do you have any uh, alternates that didn't of make course. your list? <laughs> of course. Uh, got? I've got NBA 2K13. And I put a question mark. I was like, I think this is my favorite one. It was a cool one. It was it was the uh, cover had three guys on the front. I think it was Kevin Durant, Derek Rose, third player. I don't know. Who it was. <laughs> Anthony, Davis, Anthony Davis. Maybe. I don't know. It, might... it would have been his rookie year. I believe it, though. I mean, he was hyped up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was someone. That was a really fun game. Or I had 2K18 as well. 18, I had a ton of fun with 19. I have a lot of fun with all the 2Ks. They just make me pay to be good at their game, and I don't like that. Um, and then I wrote Madden 25, question mark. I don't know why I put Madden 25. I just have really fond memories. I was looking at all the covers, and I was like, which one makes like me like light up in my head? And 25, I was like, hey, that's Adrian Peterson, the first one on PS4. Um, I just remember playing franchise so much because the franchise on that game was good which they've kind of got away from. I don't know why, because franchise is awesome. They focus on ultimate team, which is, hey, they get money out of it. That is what it is. Um, and then my one, like you had Tony Hawk, which I would, again, did not even think of, but I did think of this. Big Buck Hunter. And I almost put that over FIFA, but I decided to go with FIFA because I think it would help me win because I don't think I've won one of these out of boxes. But Big <laughs> Buck Hunter. I don't think anyone's ever gone to like a pizza and seen a big buck hunter and been like, Oh, I don't want to play that. Yeah. <laughs> it was so much fun. I'm from the South. I don't like hunting all that much. I've been hunting, but big buck hunter is a time and a half. And it's like, you guys sit there and play all day. You just go to pizza hut, eat some pizza and then play big buck hunter. Great time. That's my last one. Oh, and then like backyard baseball. Didn't have that real down, but that's a fun game too. Mm-hmm. What are your old kids? Yeah, that's a, that is a good one. I did not think of Big Buck Hunter at all. That is a good one. I I had like a Big Buck Hunter, I think for like the Wii that like it would take you through like almost ex- essentially the same thing. And it was just as fun. It was the same thing. It was basically the same thing you would get at the because the, but it was just, you know, simple fun, just shooting deer. Uh my alternates, I had uh, I had backyard baseball written down specifically the one that you got out of those cereal boxes in like the early two thousands. Uh, I think everyone, regardless if you're a sports fan or not, put m- multiple hours into playing backyard baseball, hitting homers with Pablo Sanchez. So um, I wrote down two K eleven. Uh, that's m- maybe my favorite, the one with Michael Jordan on the cover. It had the MJ moments. Uh, was probably the first year with all the the my career stuff that was before like it came it became like the movie that it is now so uh that was fun i also 2k15 was a lot of fun for me too but uh maybe a little bit less uh hyped up in terms of the community uh and i also had Wii sports written down uh, and i i would have if another one of mine was gone i would have taken Wii sports because that's maybe the most fun you can have playing sports without going outside uh, that that's possible playing the Wii sports baseball the Wii sports boxing uh bowling i mean all down the line the Wii sports tennis. is a lot of fun tennis the tennis, was a tennis. Ton of fun. Uh, all all of it uh, Wii Sports was one of those games where like if I still had a Wii I would pop in the Wii Sports and, and 
play a couple uh, innings of baseball if I could. So uh, that that would have been a, a fun one too. But uh, happy with my list. Uh, make sure you guys all stay tuned on social media for that poll coming your way. You can help us decide who drafted the better lineups. We do need to go back and actually count up the record between the two of us on these posts. So I'll try to remember that, to do that when when I post these this week, uh, so you guys can see where we're at. I know Colby got one win over us. That's really all I know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving forward to our questions and answers segment of the week, uh, and a lot to get into. Uh, we'll start off. The MLB season is in the final stretch as the wild card races are heating up big time. Uh, we talked about our favorites for the individual awards around the all-star break. Uh, and a lot has happened since then. Uh, my question, first question, have any of your predictions for the individual award races changed as the second half of the season has played out? Well, I guess by default, some of them had to change because um, when I looked back at it, um, the the NL and AL MVP, I still feel good about. I said Tatis and Shohei feel good about both of those. Tatis might not be safe. Our, our guy, Bryce Harper, might be coming for him. We talked about him last week. Shohei, I still think Shohei's probably pretty safe. But Vlad Guerrero Jr., he's like, hey, I might be 21 years old or whatever he is. He's 21, 22, whatever he is, he's he's going to hit 7,000 home runs before October happens, and he's coming for Shohei. Uh, but I, I think Shohei will do something crazy in the next couple of weeks. I'm like, yeah, he's Shohei Otani. Uh, I think Vlad's just getting – uh little bit extra bump because they're probably going to make the playoffs. The angels will not because shocker. The angels aren't going to be in the playoffs. Um, AL Cy Young. I, uh, I like looking over these because I remember how weird my brain works. I had Lance Lynn, which is not, I don't think it's that crazy, but um, Lance Lynn was never going to win the Cy Young, which I, I understand. He's just a former Cardinal and I love him. He was having a great year. He's not winning Cy Young definitely now. He's had uh, injury uh, problems. And that's the same thing. I know Cy Young, who I had. I had Jacob DeGrom, who was definitely going to win it, but he he's dealt with injuries, and it's not going to happen anymore. And then NL Rookie of the Year, Jonathan India, I feel even better about that now. I, I think he's going to walk away with it. He's been awesome. Uh, and then so Cy Youngs and then AL Rookie of the Year the ones that I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. I had Adolis Garcia for AL Rookie of the Year. He really – he fell off kind of after the All-Star game, which sucks, but it happens. Uh, for the AL Cy Young, <laughs> I put, I guess, Garrett Cole. Um, he's kind of the guy that it seems like is going to pull out of the, uh, the, the race, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't get to watch as much AL baseball as maybe I want to. Um, from, but from the looks of it, it looks like Garrett Cole is probably going to be the guy that walks away with Cy Young after the absolute insane year that he's had. And we've talked about him for many, many reasons on this show. Um, NL Cy Young, who knows? That is that they're going to announce that, and they're and the baseball community will be like, yeah, I guess so. You're, yeah, that that, that makes sense because it could be Corbin Burns, Walker Bueller, a Kentucky guy. Shout out Walker Bueller, uh, Max Scherzer. Uh, Zach Wheeler from Philadelphia. I, I would love for Adam Wainwright to get a little consideration. 40 years old, the stuff he's done over the past, probably since the All-Star game. I think it's the last 12 starts, he's 9-2, a sub-3 ERA. Just crazy stuff from a 40-year-old. I know he won't, but he's really led this Cardinals team in a resurge. We talked about how the Cardinals were doing so good at the beginning of the show. Big reason for that is Adam Wainwright and a 40-year-old 
basically being the default ace of maybe a playoff team is crazy. And these other guys like Corbin Burns on the Brewers, the Brewers are stacked. That team is awesome. Walker Buehler, Max Scherzer, I, that's not fair. The Dodgers, the people complained about the Miami Heat super team. Good Lord, NBA fans would hate the Dodgers. And then Zach Wheeler on the uh, on the Phillies, fair enough. He's really good. The Phillies, they're fighting just like the Cardinals. So much respect to Zach Wheeler. He doesn't he doesn't have a, a stat team like those other guys. Um, AL Rookie of the Year, I'm going to shift from one former Cardinal to another former Cardinal. Uh, and Randy Ariza, Ariz Arena, I can – I've always struggled with his name since he was a Cardinal. Um, I think he's probably pulled ahead of Adolis since the All-Star break. He's been more consistent. Um, and that's just how it is. I hate it for Adolis. He was having his breakout year as a 27 or 28-year-old rookie. Uh, but Randy's been good since he's been in the majors. He's got that service time. I think he's going to win it. And the Rangers are really good. The Rangers are really bad. Uh, but other than that, I was really happy with my picks. And, like, we did our division predictions, too, which I don't know if you had that. But mine's like, mine look really good. Like, I had the Braves winning the East. I was like, hey, I had the Reds winning the Central. That doesn't look good. They're, they might not make the playoffs, which I hope they don't. No offense. I also had the Rays pulling to, in front of the Red Sox. Stuff like that. I was happy with that. I don't know. But uh, these award races are fun. Um, yeah, a lot of these, like the Cy Youngs, I, I don't know. that They're both just an open bag kind of. A, yeah. The one that I feel wrong about, the AL Rookie of the Year, I'll go with Randy. What about you with your predictions? Who do you yeah, think yeah, might go tough. different? Yeah, it's tough with the injuries. They're always tough. To, I mean, I had DeGrom as my NL MVP and my Cy Young, so uh, that's tough. I still think he could have done that. Maybe Aldon Tatis, especially because that's, that NL MVP race is so close as it is. Um, but obviously that's not going to happen now, so I do have a few to, to readjust. Uh, I'm rooting for Bryce in the NL MVP, but I, I do think Tatis will probably take it home just, you know, the 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 Padres uh, it, I guess it really does depend on what happens in this last little bit if the Padres don't make the playoffs and if the Cardinals end up outdoing the Padres this week uh that could that could be really bad on Tatis because this is you know this is a team that everyone thought was easily going to make the postseason now no one thought the Giants were going to be as good as they were but there's a real chance that this Padres team with all the money that they spent won't make the postseason, and uh, that's gonna that would hurt Tati's MVP chances. Uh, we'll see how it all plays out. I still think he's probably gonna end up winning it, but uh, don't count out Bryce Harper yet because he's still having a great year. Uh, with the Cy Young stuff, like you said, it is so wide open in the in the National League. I, it's been so because Degrom was so locked into that spot for so long. Once he got hurt, it just kind of opened it up, and then it's just been like uh, there's a leader, and then that guy has a bad game, and then there's a new leader, and then that guy has a bad game. Uh, so uh, I've you, know, you said it, Scherzer, Walker Bueller. I, I think I like Corbin Burns the most. I know that's the most stacked, uh, probably the most stacked pitching staff of all of them, but he has been the most consistent and the most unhittable of of all of them. Uh, but in terms of the Brewers, like you could give it to all three, you could give it to Woodruff. You could honestly give it to Josh Hader if you wanted to. He, he is easily the most consistent closer in, in the league right now. So if you really wanted to see something crazy happen, give Josh Hader some votes. But I, I, 
I think Corbin Burns, that, that cutter is just too unhittable. I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy that throws the least amount of forcing fastballs in the league, and he's as unhittable as he is. So uh, I like Corbin Burns there. I, and like you said, people have been pushing the, the Otani versus Vlad race, but I think Otani is going to walk away with the MVP. And I think he might do this a lot because if you look at it, when you combine the, his war stats, his pitching war and his, and his hitting war, he's so far ahead of everyone that he just has to do like a fraction of what he did this year. And he's going to beat everyone every year. Cause he's going to have so many more wins above replacement. I know more of the MVP voting. There, there's more to the MVP voting than just war stats, but Otani, what he can do pitching and hitting. That's just, it's, it's unheard of. No one, even in the national league can do that. So I think it, it's pretty easy to, to say he's going to do that um, for the rookie of the year voting. When I think I had Trevor Rogers for the NL. Uh, I like Jonathan India there. I think he's been the most consistent. Um, and then for the AL, my bias, I had Casey Mize. I do remember that one. Um, that one's not going to happen. Uh, I'm kind of rooting for Wander Franco from the race. He got pulled up and has been unbelievable uh, still on the on base streak. Unfortunately, he is hurt. So I, I think Randy, you know, it's tough to – Rosarena – it's tough to even say he's been a rookie because like he, I do remember for the Cardinals, then he had that insane postseason uh, last year that was, you know, he was technically still a rookie for that too. So it's tough to even say he is a rookie, but he is, he's qualifies as a rookie. So, uh, I mean, there's really no doubt that he's been the best of, of the AL uh, rookies this year. Yeah. He's played in two postseasons. <laughs> he played in a world series for the Rays. And then the year before, played in the NLCS with the St. Louis Cardinals. And he's going to win the Rookie of the Year two years later, thanks to some crazy scenarios. But still, that that's insane. Ben Simmons, put that in your coffee and drink it. <laughs> Very wild stuff there. But, yeah, uh, it's been awesome to see how these are going to play out. And I'm, uh, the, the National League is definitely a little bit more wide open that – I had Garrett Cole in my first one. I'm I'm pretty solid on the Cy Young there. Uh, other than that, uh, I don't really remember my division picks, but I think uh, the, they're about chalked up now. We can see the Dodgers are – I mean, the Giants are going to win. Uh, you know, there's really no divisions that are really up for grabs right now. It's really just the wild card races at, at this point. So uh, we'll be checking in on this as we move forward. My other question revolves some news today. I saw surrounding Kyrie Irving. I saw a headline that agents that his agents have quote made it clear that Kyrie would retire if he was traded. And that was news to me because I had no idea or feeling at all that Kyrie would be traded uh, or even be a candidate to be traded. And so, you know, Kyrie is one of the most enigmatic players of our generation. And this news was confirmation of that because I feel like most NBA fans just we're like, oh yeah, that's, that makes sense. That's what Kyrie would say in this situation. Um, so my, my question is really, what was your reaction to the Kyrie trade retirement news? And do you think there's anything to it? Or is this Kyrie just, you know, saying something to be Kyrie? <laughs> so I had heard nothing about this until you sent it to me. And I don't know if that's because I was a little bit unplugged from the Twitter world today in the news world. I was just kind of hanging out, playing MLB the show played UFC four shout out to Dana White and EA sports. That game's awesome. Got it for free with EA play. Absolutely love it. Um, but I saw that and I was like, okay, yeah. It, but why I, I was just so many like, Oh, what just confused. 
emotions and reactions because like why would why would the Nets trade him first? They have a super team. They're they're going to be competing with the Lakers to win a championship in a very competitive NBA season where one side of the conference is gunning for Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and James Harden, and the other side of uh, the league is gunning for LeBron James and Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis. Where did this – well, if Kyrie gets traded, he's going to retire. Oh, okay, I, all right, sure. I, Kyrie's, what, 30 years old now? I mean, he said – quite a few times he does not want to play that that long he he said i'll play till i'm 32 or whatever so i mean yeah early retirement's kind of been like we knew that was probably going to happen for Kyrie, but i don't think it's going to happen because the nets are going to trade him i don't think i don't know why they would i Kyrie is a guy that (laughs) he's a special kind of person because he doesn't see himself as a basketball player. He said that he's just a person. He goes out and tries to make a difference. And I think a lot of people try to compute him as a normal basketball player. And he's very much not. So these statements where he comes out and says things like, Whoa, okay. We, we don't see it from all 300 or whatever players there are in the NBA. So his stick out. And I think that's what it is. Just Kyrie just being a different cat, moving to the beat of his own drum. You gotta love it. I've always loved Kyrie. He's, he's really is one of a kind person, one of a kind basketball player. Um, I don't think anyone has to be really concerned about the Nets trading him. And if they do, why are they? I don't know what they get something good. I They wouldn't get Kyrie in return. Like, I, I don't know what the, the idea of trading Kyrie right before the season when they're finally going to have a healthy big three. I don't know that. I just I want to know where that came from that they had to respond and say, well, if he gets traded, he, he he's done. He, he's going to, he's going to go back to New Jersey and open up a farm and that's it. Kyrie's out of here. I, I kind of wonder where that came from more than the answer. I don't know. What, what did you think? Yeah, I, I was really, you know, torn between the, there's two answers to that question. It's either some Kyrie somehow got news or, or wind of trade rumors that were happening and wanted to get out ahead of it, which is probably the most would be the most logical thing that you would think of. But because it's Kyrie, there is the very real possibility and probably likely possibility that he just decided to say this just just because he wanted to. Uh, that's really and that's really all you need to know. And that's what makes you know Kyrie such like you said just a one of a kind person. There's not many dudes in the league where he can just like you know take a couple days off because he wants to like go to his family's birthday and spend time with them and the Nets were basically like all right you know that's that's all right Kyrie you got you got to do what you got to do uh it's this it he is very interesting because he's one of my favorite players on the court for sure like I have his basketball shoes he's one of my all-time favorite point guards uh, to watch uh, the way he can handle the basketball, the way he can get to the rim and finish. It, I just don't know if I would ever want a dude like Kyrie on my team, just because I don't know if you can rely on him in, in these types of situations. Like if I were the Nets right now, I would want Kyrie being like, all right, we're going to tear up the Eastern conference this year. We've got a loaded roster with me, KD and Harden. And this is going to be a sweet, this is going to be an awesome year to be a Brooklyn fan. And instead, the season's about to start, and he's saying, well, I might retire if if I get traded, which no one was talking about. So I, I just, it, you know, it just, it makes you, as a fan, I would just be like, oh, 
what is going on with my team? Are they okay? Is everything all right? Like, do we need to give Kyrie some therapy? Is he okay? Like, but he'll be all right. At the end of the day, Kyrie is Kyrie. He always figures it out at the end of the day. So as long as, you know, they stay healthy, uh, then that team's going to be good. Uh, it's just interesting to watch when when stuff like this happens. And and I think you're going to get a lot more of it with this Brooklyn team because you've got a, a cast of characters in terms of, you know, James Harden's one thing. Uh, Kevin Durant has been way more open recently with what he's been saying in the media. So I think you're going to get this Brooklyn team is going to be a lot of fun and interesting to watch moving forward. I think um, you, you brought the cast of characters in Brooklyn and that kind of sparked my thought process here. Um, I think next year it's really going to be, because I think we're all expecting Nets versus Lakers. And that finals, this year, no one, everybody was like, hey, if Milwaukee wins, cool. If Phoenix wins, cool. That's going to be polarized. If it's Brooklyn and L.A., some people are going to be Brooklyn, some people are going to be L.A. I think I might be in a unique situation where I love LeBron. I've been team LeBron since I was five years old or whatever it was. Um, and I've become team Kevin Durant. I He's awesome. Uh, with the stuff just in the last two years, just basically talking like a normal person, not being like, I'm Kevin Durant, NBA superstar. Absolutely love that. Um, so it's hard not to root for him in my book, I think. And then Blake Griffin being on that team, just being the man. Uh, I don't know. I really, 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 really like that Brooklyn team. And when Kyrie gets it going, and he will, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Very excited for basketball season and for Kyrie Irving not to retire. I would put that bet down in Vegas. I do not think Kyrie Irving will be retiring this year because of a trade. Yeah, I think we'll be all right on that. You know, I almost forgot that Blake Griffin was on the team. I know a lot of my Detroit fan friends uh, are not happy with uh, Blake Griffin after, you know, some of the things he said after he left. I'm okay with Blake Griffin and my thought and my whole thought process around Blake Griffin is he did not ask to come to Detroit. He did not want to be here. He signed a big contract with LA to play in LA and got boned by that, by that franchise sending him to us. So if he didn't enjoy his time here, that's, it's really not on Detroit to, to an extent because it was LA sending him here. And I really don't blame him for, because he, he signed a contract to play in LA and got Detroit. So I I do not blame him for not enjoying his time uh, on a bad Pistons team, but uh, go ahead with your questions for this. I want to talk about Blake in Detroit for just a second. I think you, I think we probably have two different perspectives of this because I don't, I don't talk to Pistons fans and Detroit fans all the time. I, I just remember because there was a lot of controversy with Blake when he left Detroit and decided to sign with Brooklyn. Um, I just remember that first year Blake was hurt and he was helping you guys in the playoffs. He didn't have to play. And then the next year he wasn't as good. The team wasn't as good, just period. It just wasn't as good of a team. And everybody just started getting mad at Blake. We, we traded for this guy. He's not that good. Blake Griffin can't lead a team, all this. And it's like, well, he's putting his body on the line last year. And I think it was an eight versus one series that really didn't matter. They Detroit wasn't going to win breaking news in that series. That's three years old now. Um, and I don't know. I think Blake got some flack that he maybe didn't deserve. And I, that's understandable. That's any fan base is going to get upset because Blake was a star in LA and he, he wasn't in Detroit. He's just not anymore. And that's okay. He's getting older. He's a four, four, fours don't last that long in the NBA. It's just how it is. Uh, the, but he can still play meaningful basketball for Brooklyn. 
And I think everybody should be excited for that. But also, Brooklyn's kind of become like Detroit East because they've got Blake Griffin, who very much former Detroit Piston Blake Griffin, former Detroit Piston Bruce, Bruce Brown, and former Detroit Piston Sekou Dumboya. So that and, and Spencer Dinwiddie. And Spencer, well, no, he's in Washington. Oh, I forgot. He's a, he's a wizard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you kind of can get a free pass through route for Brooklyn, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think Detroit should just take take that as a free ticket and be like, hey, that's our guys playing for Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, and Detroit fans, uh, you know, the, they were they were hard on Blake Griffin, and I think you know, unrealistically, it, it, that was. And I and I think I have a little bit different of a perspective because a lot of Detroit fans still really believe in our teams. And there's a there's a big part of you if you want to be a Detroit fan and not just tear your hair out and lose your mind is know that your your team is going to make some really dumb decisions that's going to tank your franchise for a couple of years. And that Blake Griffin trade was one one of those. I, we we give up Avery Bradley and Tobias Harris for Blake Griffin like. A, 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 an aging Blake Griffin coming off of knee surgery. Like I, I, I didn't, it was a bad trade to begin with. You gave away a bunch of your core for Blake Griffin to lead your team in a conference where LeBron was in your division. So like there was no way that team was going to compete with anyone. So I, it was more like that Pistons trade was terrible at, from the get go. Uh, I'm sorry, Blake, that you had to be the on the other side of it. There's more where I stood on it. Uh, it ended up being okay. We got Cade at the at the other end of it, so uh, hopefully looking up now. But uh, we'll move on to your questions now. Yeah. If so facto, Blake Griffin brought Cade Cunningham to Detroit. There we go. You're welcome, Perfect. Detroit. You're welcome, Blake. You're welcome <laughs> back to Detroit anytime. I am now the liaison to Detroit. Um, but my question is: so there's some, there's been lots of big news. Uh, we've been talking about lots of crazy stuff in this wild world world of sports. I believe it was last Friday this broke out of college football. Um, the Big 12, they're not wasting any time replacing Texas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma and Texas headed to the SEC. Uh, the Big 12 said, okay, we're not going to sit around and mope. They're going to get over their X's real quick. Uh, they said, we're getting Central Florida, Cincinnati, Houston, and good old Brigham Young. Um, kind of when I saw it, I was like, whoa. I, I want to know what your reaction was because it makes perfect sense in my in my mind. But I want to I want to know what you thought when you saw them adding these four really good teams. Yeah, I thought it made perfect sense. I had a, a few reactions. I think it was kind of you know against my expectations a little bit. I was really expecting to see the Big Twelve just kind of fold at this point. You know, a lot. Of, I thought the next news you were going to see was more Big 12 teams leaving to either the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the ACC, wherever they were going to go. Uh, and that was going to be the beginning of the end for the Pac- or for the Big 12. Uh, so to do the opposite and actually add teams uh, was a bit surprising to me. Uh, I kind of felt bad for teams like Houston and UCF, teams that have been passed over. Like the Big 12 for years could have added Houston to their, to their lineup, could have asked, added UCF if they really wanted to. Uh, instead, they just went with the, the 10 teams playing a conference championship without divisions. And now, now while they're, they're scrambling to put their conference back together, now Houston and UCF can finally make their way in. Um, and I think my, my main reaction was, does this – keep the big 12 as a power five conference anymore because now in reality 
uh, outside of this year, you know, Iowa State is, is very good this year, but they're an anomaly. They're not usually very good at football. Um, Oklahoma State is maybe your best traditional power left uh, in terms of football in that conference. You know, you've obviously got Kansas for basketball, but are they a traditional power five football conference anymore? Or do they kind of fall into the role of like where the big East was before it folded uh, where they were, you know, the big East was had an automatic qualifier to BCS bowls, but it was not tied into any specific bowl game. And a lot of people didn't even want that to happen because they didn't feel teams like Cincinnati deserved that automatic qualifier bid. So I kind of feel like that's where the big 12 is going now because that alliance that the ACC PAC 12 and big 10 came into didn't include the big 12. So now it's the SEC versus the Alliance and basically all the other conferences. And it's the big 12 is kind of in that other conferences mix. Um, but yeah, it, it, very interesting. I'm, I'm happy for the teams that did get in like Cincinnati, UCF. Uh, I think that's definitely a step up for them. No doubt. Get them on TV more. Um, but yeah. Uh, what was your reaction to when, when the news broke? Um, so I was, surprised that it happened this quickly it was kind of rumored it was going to happen pretty quickly um but i kind of got a unique perspective because i was in cincinnati last weekend and i went to nippert stadium to watch cincinnati play the murray state racers the my 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 alma mater my current graduate school um and i think it was it was still zero to zero and they i can't remember the bearcat the bearcat mascot's name i think it was barry maybe something like that some along those lines he ran out the tunnel and he had the Cincinnati flag with the big 12 logo on it. And I mean, they, that crowd went wild. So the, I mean, they're fired up for the move to the big 12. And I, you got to imagine central Florida fans reacting the same way. Houston's got to be fired up because I think it's more of a disrespect thing to Houston because Houston's been good at everything for a long time. Like they're historically good. So they're like, Oh, Texas is out of town. Now you want us. So you got to imagine they're going to go in there and be like, this is our conference. The Big 12 has always kind of been Texas, like not just not UT, but like the state of Texas. You think of that, it's like, oh, that's Big 12 country. Houston, that's the heart of Texas. You got to imagine they're going to they're going to feel real disrespect in going there and uh, and wreak havoc. BYU is the one that I was like, what? That they kind of like you got UCF, Cincinnati, Houston. All three of those teams have like history with each other. They've been in the same conference, played so many great games against one another. And then you got. BYU out in Utah, out away from everybody. If BYU was going to join a conference, I figured it would have been the Pac-12, you know, with their rivals, uh, Utah, right, in the same state. But they didn't. They were like, hey, we're, we're striking while the iron's hot. We're going to the Big 12. Fair enough. I'm sure they got quite a bit of money, maybe more than the Pac-12 would have gotten. I don't know how the negotiations work. I'd love to. If the Big 12 or Pac-12 would like to include me in these negotiation talks, I'll be there. I'd love to hear all the money being tossed around. Because I think there's going to be more negotiations going on now because this adds a lot of holes in a lot of places. The American kind of got decimated. UCF, Cincinnati, Houston were powerhouses there. Memphis is kind of the kings there now. Who knows what happens to Memphis? They might just be like, hey, we're, we're going to run the American for the rest of the time. Fair enough. They, they could do it because Penny's going to build a powerhouse in basketball. And they've just decided they're good at football every year now, which, hey, I, it's better than being bad every year. And then I think the other thing, which it does not concern football, but basketball, BYU was in the whack in basketball with one Gonzaga. 
Gonzaga's only competition was one Brigham Young University. They now have no competition. And I mean no disrespect to St. Mary's and the Gales, but BYU was the only team really giving uh, Gonzaga a run, and they weren't even really giving them a run. I don't know why Gonzaga would stay now. And the Pac-12, I love the Pac-12. I've talked about the Pac-12. I I really like that conference. It's fun. I Whenever I watch it, it's like 2 in the morning, and it's two teams I could care less about, Colorado and Arizona State, and it's like, 52 to 49 and I'm like oh my goodness this is high level basketball you gotta love it um they need a team like Gonzaga they just do I don't know why they don't give them a blank check and be like hey be our ringer take us to the final four every year it would just help both of them Gonzaga would get a bigger budget which is terrifying they go from David to Goliath instantly and I'd love to see it um but yeah I think I think this is going to end up getting Gonzaga in the Pac-12, I hope anyways, because it's beyond time. I think it's going to help schools like Murray State, because I think Murray State might have a chance to move up now, because a lot of things, I think a lot of things are going to fall and shift, and I don't know. It's exciting. I think it's exciting for smaller schools, which is good. So shout out to Texas and Oklahoma. Might help Murray State get a bigger budget and get some bigger things, and uh, I don't know. Memphis and Gonzaga are my biggest. I don't know what happens to these guys. My my yeah. brain is buzzing right now, thinking of Bill Walton calling a Gonzaga game right now. That, that, would it not be electric? That would be perfect. Uh, and uh, speaking of basketball, I do want to say that the Big 12, if you look at it from a basketball perspective, made a very good pick with all of these. I mean, UCF has not been bad at basketball. Uh, Houston was just in the Final Four. Uh, like you said, BYU was very good. Cincinnati is historically good at basketball. So, um from a basketball perspective, they did make a very good move there. I just think from a football perspective, uh, maybe took a step down in terms of their conference. But that might be – it's right up there with the Big Ten with the best basketball conference out there. Yeah, yeah. I They might be in football replacing Texas and Oklahoma with UCF, Cincy, and Houston and BYU. It might get more consistent, like, play. Because losing Oklahoma is huge. That's a playoff team almost every year. The, those guys aren't playoff teams every year, but they're all pretty good. So, I mean, I think it raises just the overall level of the Big 12. You don't, you lose the one playoff team in Oklahoma, but you were losing them anyways. You're not going to go out and get it. Unless they were going to somehow nab Notre Dame, which if Notre Dame goes to a conference, if they're going to the ACC, I imagine, I think, I don't know. I don't know how any of this works now because <laughs> I didn't expect BYU to be in the Big 12. But it's a lot of fun. Um I reckon I am going to transition to my next question. Um, and I'm sticking with football. And as I told you when we were talking this morning, I am so lost with a lot of things that happened this past weekend. Because I was hanging out in Nippert Stadium, getting all these Bearcat fans to root for Preston Rice, our great friend of the program, screaming, let's go pee as loud as we could, getting Preston to acknowledge us as they're rooting kind of against their team. It was a very, very <laughs> wild scenario and quizzing people about what Munchie Lego and Isaiah Peed, losing my voice. And then the next day, turning around, watching Joe Burrow and Kirk Cousins put on a classic battle at uh, Paul Brown Stadium. I missed a lot of football because I was in the stadium and then trying to get out of the stadium and just hanging out around uh, Cincinnati. And there's a lot of stuff that happened. So I just kind of want you to give me kind of a rundown. I don't want everything. That's, that's too much. Look at all the big stuff that happened this weekend that I might have missed. All right. So I was uh, down in Ann Arbor for a little bit. So there, there is stuff that I missed as well. But 
we do have a good set of TVs at the tailgate. So I was able to uh, keep involved with the college football stuff. I was obviously able to watch more pro stuff uh, being at home on Sunday Uh, with college football. I think one of the biggest things early on uh, was Notre Dame almost losing to Toledo. Uh, That was a a big, almost upset that happened early on Uh, Toledo really had that game. I'm glad you brought that up because Cincinnati plays Notre Dame coming up. So that was a game that everybody had on tabs there. I obviously didn't, could not care less about Notre Dame. I in Toledo, I was just like, that's another game. But the people at Nippert Stadium were like, hey, Notre Dame's toying around with Toledo. We we got a chance to do something against uh, Notre Dame, and I was like, hey, Murray State's hanging with you guys. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know that you should get real confident, but yeah, knew about the Notre Dame game that. That was the talk of the town at Nippert Stadium. Yeah. Also, uh, the Iowa-Iowa State game happened early on, and Iowa gave Iowa State a a pretty solid beatdown. It was really never in doubt. Uh, And unfortunately for both of us, we were very high on Iowa State coming into the year. Uh, Suffer a a week week two loss. Now we'll have to run the table if they want any chance of making the playoffs. Uh, if you didn't see the Michigan game, Michigan beat up on Washington at home. Uh, another very big rushing performance, over 300 plus yards for the Wolverines, 31 to 10 over Washington. Uh, we don't really don't, uh, have much of a passing game. Uh, it was very much old school Jim Harbaugh at Stanford. Uh, Stanford pre Andrew Luck, Stanford mostly too, because. Cade McNamara threw 15 passes, completed seven of them. Uh, Only one of them went for over 15 yards. So uh, it's a very old school type gameplay there. Um, And then what else happened in college football that really, there really wasn't much of anything else. Was there really any big games that happened this weekend? So the biggest thing I saw was um, I was at the Hard Rock Casino in Cincinnati and it was it was probably eleven thirty at night or whatever it was, and on one of the big TVs in the middle of the room, the Miami I can't remember who Miami was playing. It was a very tight game. Appalachian State. Appalachian State. But it was like towards the end of the game, and I mean it was really tight. Like App mm-hmm. State had a chance, but they kept showing the video, which I'm sure everyone's seen it, of the cat hanging on, and oh yeah, all, the whole crowd rallying together. I think they got a flag to catch it and take care of the cat. So I saw I saw the Miami App State and the craziness that that was. And it was a late fourth and 13 or whatever for App State, and they fell short. Did see that late at night at, at a casino in Cincinnati. That kind of explains my fun weekend in Cincinnati. I did almost forget. Uh, uh, I can't believe I almost forgot. There was another Pac-12 Big Ten matchup this weekend. Uh, Ohio State suffered their first regular season loss under Ryan Day uh, against Oregon. And uh, Oregon looks good. Oregon ran all over Ohio State. I think there's some question marks about the Ohio State defense, but uh, I know they have talented players on that Ohio State defensive side of the ball. C.J. Verdell tore them up, and and Anthony Brown looks like a a very similar to like Darren Thomas back in the day, where very versatile, can make basically any throw that he wants. So uh, I'm really excited about those Oregon Ducks. Uh, It's going to be interesting to to see what they can do now that they're in the top four. So that was probably the biggest game of the the weekend in terms of college football. Um, Move on to pro football. Uh, obviously you were there when in Cincinnati, good showing from the Joe Burrow and the boys in their first game. Um, the lions, uh, 
actually gave us a pretty good showing uh, after falling down 41 to 17, ended up making it a, a one score game after recovering an onside kick, getting two touchdowns, two point conversions uh, just fell short. Uh, but very interesting to see there. Uh, I think maybe the biggest, so there was obviously the, the Monday night game was a lot of fun to watch too. The Raiders and Ravens going into overtime that one, maybe one of the best Monday night football games that I've seen in a long time. So uh, that's obviously the biggest one, but maybe the biggest storyline from this Sunday. And we, we touched on it when we talked about it, it was the green Bay Packers and Aaron Aaron Rodgers struggling mightily against the new Orleans saints, uh, 38 to three blowout loss to Jameis and the saints. Uh, Rogers throws two picks, no TDs. Jordan love ends up coming into the game late in the day and a less than stellar start for the team. I had ranked number one coming into the season. Uh, what, what were your reactions to that game? So I kid you not, that was one of the afternoon games. And we got out of Cincinnati, got out of uh, Paul Brown Stadium. And obviously traffic for an F- NFL game, it's terrible. 50,000 people trying to get out. And it was an overtime game. So people are celebrating in the streets. Bengals fans don't get to see wins all that often. So they got to get excited when they can. Um, and we fought, it took about an hour to get out of downtown Cincinnati. And we're heading back. And me and my buddies are kind of keeping up with the games on our phones. We stopped at a McDonald's and we finally get service and stuff. And we check and it says it was like 24 to three or something saints. And we're like, whoever's running this app has got it flipped. Right. There's no way that's right. We're like, they've got Aaron Rodgers stats where Jameis's stats should be. And Jameis's stats where Aaron should be. We're like, Oh, this is just mixed up. And then you get on Twitter and you say, yeah, Jameis, Jameis has three touchdowns and Aaron Rodgers is really stinking the joint up. And I was like, well, what kind of twilight zone did I step into? Like, what is going on? It made no sense um, to me, especially not watching it. I was so lost. I was like, what did they put in Jameis Winston's water bottle this morning? And what did they put in Aaron Rodgers' water bottle that morning? Because my goodness, it made no sense to me at all as someone who had no eyes on the game, uh, just eyes on uh, the box score. Uh, but yeah, it's very puzzling in a McDonald's drive-through. Yeah, so I mean, for someone, I, I I didn't watch the whole thing. I was watching a little bit of the Lions and watching other stuff going on. But uh, from what you saw when you checked in, the the the, the thing that really stuck out was Jameis looked a lot more mature. Uh, he wasn't making big plays. You, you might be a little bit, if you looked at the box score, you might have thought, oh, he was balling the entire game. He really didn't have many like big passes throughout the day. He just was solid. He wasn't turning the ball over, which has been such a problem in Jameis's career. Um, and then on the other side, Aaron just looked out of it. And I think that uh, we probably should have expected a little bit more rust coming from Aaron Rodgers in this team, considering he held out for a lot of the summer stuff. Uh, but he was, he was not, he was not at his best. And there's, there's definitely some problems there that they're going to have to work out. Um, but I, I still think they're going to be all right. Uh, what I, I, what I've written down is, uh, you know, I've been talking about, they're going to have a 30 for 30 on this team. And, you know, I was, I was looking at this and I was like, well, this doesn't really fit, but maybe it does because, you know, sometimes those 30 for 30s, you get, you get a lot of expectations of like, oh, this team's going to dominate every game they're going to play. And then they come out and just get swamped in the first game by an inferior opponent. 
And I, I think that's almost the plot twist that a, a good 30 for 30 needs. It's like, oh, they just got blitzed by a team that everyone thought was going to be bad this year. But then they ended up turning it around and, and figuring it out. I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to make myself feel better about how I looked at the Packers before they started the year. No, I agree. I, I think it makes a perfect start, or maybe not the start. The offseason would probably be a start in the history. Like Aaron Rodgers is really good at football. Thanks, 30 for 30 guy. We we would have never known. <laughs> and then they go into about how all the hype around the last dance, Devontae Adams wants to go to Las Vegas or wherever. Aaron Rodgers wants to go literally anywhere but Wisconsin. And um, and then they go out all the hype. They're like, all right, we're doing this for us, the Packers, us against everyone. And Jameis Winston with his new eyesight after LASIK surgery just torches them. Him and Sean Payton, they've got everything worked out. The Saints look like the Packers, and the Packers look like what people thought the Saints would look like. Yeah, I almost wish um, Hard Knocks was like a regular season thing, and they were keeping up with the Packers. So Packers media guys, do that. Do like in-depth things. That would be cool. Just seeing how Aaron Rodgers reacted behind the scenes would be awesome. Seeing how Devontae, seeing how um, uh, Aaron Jones and all the other guys in the team, just seeing how they reacted uh because no one expected them to go out and just lay an egg uh kind of like my Tennessee Titans but we don't have to talk about them we can go on to a different game (laughs) yeah uh rough rough weekend for football for you we won't make you get into it if we don't have to we will move on uh to this week in sports now uh love the question and answer segment it was a great great stuff love the conversations we get there uh, this week in sports, we wanted to touch on the USC Trojans this week uh, as they made news as they fired head coach Clay Helton after getting beat up by Stanford last week. Uh, kind of a move that maybe we've been expecting for a while, but just wondering when it was going to come. Helton now leaves USC with a 46-24 and 24 record over seven seasons with the USC head coach uh, as the USC head coach. And now they're on the new market for a head football coach. Uh, Dylan, what was your reaction to the news, and what do you think is next for this USC program? I did not know that was his record. USC, yeah, you might have messed up. That's a pretty good record. It's not too bad. <laughs> I have I've definitely seen worse. That's surprising. I know Saturday was rough. I saw the score. I didn't watch the game. Again, busy weekend. But <laughs> Clay Hilton's done some good things in uh, Los Angeles. It's just he could never really reach the expectations of USC football. And I hate that. I, I think he's a good guy. It seems like anyways, he's put together really fun teams that I grew up hating USC. I was like, they're the, they're, they're the team. They're like, they were like the New York Yankees. They were, they had super teams. They were just going crazy all the time. So I grew up hating them. And then Alabama started to do that. And you, you kind of look at them and you're like, Hey, they're not that bad. And then they get a lot of plays you like. And I'm just, and especially Tennessee, just being bad. It's nice to have a team that, they're far away from you. They really have nothing to do with you. And I can just kind of watch USC football, have some fun, watch some good players. Uh, so I've had, I've enjoyed watching USC football in past years, especially the team they have now. I really like Slovis. I really like Drake London. I've talked about that on here. Um, but I, I do think this team's really talented. I picked them to win the Pac-12. And when I said I was like, they might make me look really stupid. And right now I look real stupid because they fired their coach after week two. But um, – I think that they'll be able to put together still a really good season. They're not going to beat Oregon. If they beat Oregon, hey, let's go. Fight on. That'd be awesome. But I, Oregon looks awesome. They didn't have 
Kayvon Thibodeau or Justin Flo against Ohio State, and they went right into Buckeye Stadium, I believe is what their stadium's called, and just boat raced them. I did not expect that to happen at all. Um, but yeah, I where do you what did you think? I that's just, it's just crazy, crazy, crazy. It, it, I mean, at some point, I expected it. Clay Helton has not, like you said, lived up to the USC expectations. He's been a somewhat of a winner there, you know, but it's tough to not win at USC. I think you've got to live up to a certain standard. Uh, I think really the nail in, in Clay Helton's coffin came a couple of years ago when he had that one year when he was worst in the Pac-12 and in the Pac- in the recruiting rankings. Uh, that just can't happen in USC, and I don't understand why they didn't just fire him then because, like, I'm you or I could get USC middle of the pack in the Pac-12. Just they're they're in Los Angeles. They've got a they've got a solid tradition. It really doesn't take much to sell a guy on USC. So there's really no excuse for being down there. But I do think Clay Helton's a good guy, a good solid football mind. He's gonna find his way onto a college staff somewhere as a uh, a position coach somewhere and, and be fine. Uh, he'll, he'll, he'll be back on his feet. I'm, more, think, in, I'm more interested. Uh, uh, I think we're, I think we're thinking the right direction of what, what's more interesting. Who's next. Yeah. I'm more interested in who's next. And I've seen a bunch of different names mentioned. I think the biggest one I've seen is James Franklin from Penn state a few times. Uh, there seems to, I saw something that says there's mutual interest between the two. Uh, I think it's, Interesting to see, like, does James Franklin see USC right now as a step up from Penn State? Because I think overall, long term, obviously, USC is a better job. But is it harder to build USC back from where they are right now than it is to build Penn State from where they are right now? Because you're going to have to change change all the way to the other side of the, of the country, build up a whole new recruiting base. Uh, figure out a way to get that team back on track after seven years of Clay Helton uh, and then have that team run your system. It's not the same. It's not the same. Keaton Slovis is not going to run a James Franklin system very well. So uh, I don't know if that really in the short term would be, I think it might actually be harder to go to USC and win early than it would be for him to just stay at Penn state and and try to do something because maybe Ohio state's on the, on the downturn now. Um, other guys I've, I've seen, I really like Eric B enemy. I've seen that name thrown around. I hope he gets the job and I hope he just dominates because he's been a guy that I've wanted to get an NFL job for so many years now. And if he goes to the college football, says, screw the NFL, uh, they're not giving me a job. I'll go dominate college football. I think he would tear up the PAC 12. I think that would be the home run hire. I think USC could, could make, um, but like you mentioned it, USC now is like, they kind of joined us now in that Michigan, Tennessee era where it's like, you know, they're really not back where they were. And it's going to take something big to get them back to where they were, because it's been a while now, 10 to 15 years since I've really been afraid of a Tennessee or a, yeah, USC team. <laughs> Tennessee too. Tennessee, um, Michigan in the same boat. <laughs> yeah. There's like, like a big four of like Nebraska, Michigan, Tennessee, USC, those blue bloods are just the blood's running out real quick and something needs to be fixed. Um, some of the names I've seen, Eric being to me was one. And I full heartedly agree. I hope he says NFL, forget you. I'm headed to Los Angeles. I'm going to win a million national championships. I'm going to do it with all these fun quarterbacks that all go to the NFL. Cause he, 
imagine the recruiting pitches. I was the guy that kind of helped Pat Mahomes break out. Any 16-year-old kid in the country be like, yeah, I, I'm going to go where, to USC. Oh, I have to go to Los Angeles instead of going to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Twist my arm. That sucks. Like, it would be so easy for Eric Bieniemy to go in there and just burn the Pac-12 to the ground. He would win so much. Um, a name I love seeing was Jeff Fisher. I just think that's funny. Jeff Fisher, that would be really funny. I think that would be really, really funny if they decide to do that. You know what? Good luck, USC. You'd be very, very cemented in the club with the other uh, others, uh, Nebraska, Michigan, and Tennessee. And those guys might leave you behind if you get Jeff Fisher. Uh, Lincoln Riley was a name that I I want to have him just for chaos because Lincoln Riley got Oklahoma to the SEC and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna go to USC. Have fun in the SEC. I think that'd be funny just for the chaos. And then a name kind of like Eric being to me in the NFL, Joe Brady. I think Joe Brady could go to USC and tear it up just like being to me. He he kind of sounds like he was the mastermind of that national championship team at LSU. Obviously, Coach O did a lot, but Joe Brady kind of had all of his hands in that offense, and that was the big reason for them winning it all. Uh, so Joe Brady, Eric Bieniemy, that might be the approach for them. USC's big city, the big glamour. Go get an NFL guy and uh, bring the Trojans back. Make it fun. Uh, make people want to watch Big, tw- big 12, Pac-12 football. Um, but, yeah, Bieniemy, Brady, Riley, or Jeff Fisher, just for, <laughs> just for the memes. One guy I haven't seen mentioned, but when you brought up Lincoln Riley, it just triggered my brain. I could see them trying to talk Bob Stoops out of retirement and taking over. That's another guy. I think he, he comes up when any big program's looking for a coach right now, but I do think that, that he does make sense at USC if he was going to come back into the coaching ranks. Uh, all right, finally, we have another three games on the docket for college football picks this week. Uh Solid week last week. Our boss, Stephen Hayes, has us picking the Notre Dame-Purdue game. I've got the Penn State-Auburn game in the mix, and Dylan has the big one, Alabama-Florida, in the mix for us. So we'll start with Notre Dame and Purdue. Notre Dame is coming off that near upset loss to Toledo, while Purdue is coming off 49 to nothing win over UConn. Uh, so interesting game, thus given that uh, Stephen has given us. It's going to be a tough one to pick, but who you got in this one? If this would have been Purdue last year or the year before, I probably would have picked Purdue. I I love Rondell Moore. Uh, they had Elijah Sindelar playing in and out when he was healthy. Played against him in high school. We were in division rivals in high school. Uh, really liked Purdue. I still do. Jeff Brown's a good coach. I think he does a really good job. But Notre Dame's going to be fired up after almost getting upset. So Notre Dame, I, th- I think they're going to win by probably double digits or, or I'll be very wrong. Like I was last week with a lot of my picks. So I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm right there with you. I, I, you know, everything tells me to pick Purdue in this game because I, I saw Notre Dame get scared by that upset by Toledo. Uh, Toledo's offense was doing whatever they wanted to. If Toledo would have just stopped and kicked a field goal, they would have won that game, but they decided to, to score like a 30 yard touchdown because Notre Dame just couldn't stop them. Um, so Notre Dame should be one and one right now. I, I everything's telling Purdue is surging. They're pretty solid. The you know as a team, you know a lot of people think it was just the Rondell Moore that made them very good, but that team has rebounded and they're very solid. Uh, I just don't think without a Rondell Moore on the roster, you you just don't have the elite players to beat a team like Notre Dame. Uh, you need Wait. you need a little bit extra. Is it in um, is it in South Bend? Yes. Yeah, Notre Dame. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm I'm picking Notre Dame as well. Uh, I think Notre Dame will will get that win pretty easily. Not I won't say easily, but I think they'll do better than they did against Toledo. I think they'll be a little bit resurged this week. Um, all right, we'll move on to the Big Ten SEC matchup: uh, the Penn State Nittany Lions against the Auburn Tigers. Number ten versus number twenty-two. Who do you like in that matchup? I don't know why Penn State wouldn't win this game. And for some reason, I'm going to pick for them to lose this game. I'm going to go with Auburn. I don't know why. I I think I think it's because since Bo Nix became the quarterback, I've been like, they're going to be bad. They're going to be bad. Bo Nix continues to just find ways to make Auburn win games and stay in games and stuff and do all these things. And he's been better this year. He's done some good things when people have expected nothing out of Auburn. And I think no, I don't think many people at all are expecting them to go into Happy Valley in a wideout. Uh, teams struggle with that wideout for whatever reason, and I, I think a lot of people expect Penn State to win pretty easily. I don't know. I think Auburn's going to upset them. I, I think Auburn's going to get the win. That I don't think they're as bad as some people think they are. Uh, but yeah, Auburn. Yeah, it, it's it's really tough, and, and this is another one where like everything's pointing at Auburn for me, like. I don't like James Franklin as much as I like Brian Harson. I don't like Sean Clifford as much as I like Bo Nix. That's not saying I like Bo Nix that much. I just like him more than I like Sean Clifford. Um, I, I think all of it just, it points to Auburn, but you, you like you said, you're on the road at Happy Valley. It's a whiteout. It's at night. It's the first one at Penn State since, you know, last year's whole, you know, debacle that there was the Big Ten season. So, um it's just tough for me to pick a team in that situation. I I saw it firsthand on Saturday, Michigan stadium was popping on Saturday. And that's a a lot of it was to do because it was a maze out. It was at night, but it was the first time we were playing a big game uh, at home since the COVID-19 stuff. So uh, I think that's just an extra dimension that the Auburn is not going to be able to get over. So I'm going to take Penn state. And finally, Alabama versus Florida, number one versus number 11, the SEC matchups uh, of all of them this week. Who you got in the big one this week? Alabama, like, by 30 points. I feel very confident saying that. I don't know what to think about Florida. I I know Alabama's really, really good. And I think this is one of those games that reminds me of, like, a Bama A&M game that happens where people are like, A&M might beat them. They don't. They (laughs) they just don't. Bama's going to win. Yeah, Bama. Yeah, so in my in my quick preview article this week, I laid out the only game plan I can see Florida using that could lead to an upset, and it's basically just you got to get all out and have Bryce Young on his heels, and then have him get flustered in front of that you know swamp energy that, that you've got going. That's basically all you've got because if he gets on on a on his rhythm early, I, I think you're they're just going to run away with it. So. Um, and I don't think Florida is going to do it. I, 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 rooting for them. I love to see when Alabama loses, but uh, give me Bama in this one. I think it's going to be tough. This is one of those games where I wish it could be a tie in college because I, no offense to Bama or Florida, but you've done very mean things to my spirit over the past two decades. But I think Alabama's just better. <laughs> All right, sounds good. I've got Alabama, Penn State, and. Notre Dame. Who do you you had Notre Dame? I have Notre Dame. I have Auburn. I, I think that's wrong. I'll be honest with you right now. I think that's wrong, but I'm gonna roll with it. 
and I have Alabama. All right. So uh, check on social media. We'll get you. We'll let you know our records for how we've been doing thus far. Uh, get you the updated versions of those coming up. Uh, awesome stuff as always. That is going to do it for us at the Dylan and Dylan Show. Dylan, any final thoughts before we go? Um, I thought I'd be sitting here and be like, man, I can't wait for football this weekend. I can't wait for baseball this weekend. Uh, the Cardinals took control. Well, took control. They have a one-game lead over the Reds and Padres for the second NL wildcard spot. And they have a big three-game series at Bush Stadium against the San Diego Padres starting Friday night. Uh, huge series. Could be the time where Tatis, like we said, he could just he could secure that NL MVP this weekend. Or the Cardinals would do Cardinal September things and shut down the Padres' offense with the voodoo magic in St. Louis. I don't know. I'm really, really excited for it. I can't wait. It's three baseball games that will be on my TV. I don't care what football games are on. I'll find a way to have those games on. Um, I guess I'm excited for the Tennessee games this weekend, I I guess. Murray State plays ball in Green State. I'm very excited for that. I'll definitely be checking that out. Watch watch our friend Preston Rice hopefully put on a show against BGSU. Um, And then I guess I'm excited for football. We'll see. Titans have to play the Seahawks. Tennessee plays Tennessee Tech. Surely that's a win, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Michigan's got an interesting one this weekend with Northern Illinois. Uh, shouldn't be interesting, but Northern Illinois beat Georgia Tech earlier this week, earlier this year, and their quarterback is Rocky Lombardi, who was Michigan State's quarterback last year. So we are going to have to – this is a game that we cannot overlook. We need to win this game, and we need to do it pretty easily. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to this weekend. So is that an ifo facto uh, rivalry game with Rocky Lombardi rolling into town? Um, I, you can call it that. You know, we it's Should a game be. we absolutely cannot lose. We cannot lose to Rocky Lombardi twice. Let's put it that way. Uh, all right, awesome stuff. Uh, quick reminder where you can find us. You can find the show at Dylan Dylan Show on Twitter and Instagram. You can find Tunnel Vision Sports at Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at underscore TV Sports. And on Facebook and LinkedIn at Tunnel Vision Sports and on the web at tvsportsmag.com. Thank you so much for listening this week. We wish you a happy sports weekend and for all of your teams to do well this weekend. We will meet you back here next week. Goodbye, everyone.